so this guy is like backstage at WrestleMania. He's got these two giant Japanese guys. Can't remember who they are, but they were quite famous at the time. Might have been a great Sasuke for all I know. But he just he starts saying random Japanese words. So he starts. He goes, uh, "Watch this, guys!" And he turns around to these two hench Japanese guys who clearly have no idea what's going on. He just goes, "Toyota," and they go, "Oh, oh very good." Ah, uh, Suzuki. Oh, oh, very good. Subaru. Oh, oh, yes, very good. It's like what the fuck? <clears throat> you know, Vince is just oh, such good shit. Those Japanese understand everything. <laughs> Wrestle plug for 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 life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in, everyone got each other over, everyone looked good, and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Mamma mia! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages over the age of 18, I might have you, except for Aaron Cruz, he's exempt because he's a man inside a boy's body, just like Michael Jackson. Welcome back to the WrestlePlug, your last bastion of hope in a world full of lies, misery, pandemic, and podcasts. We are here to offer you honesty and blisteringly hot takes uh, if you came here looking for a podcast that will be nice and kind and love everything that ever happens in the squared circle then you may as well fook off uh, but if you came here looking for something honest real and true then i welcome you to the wrestleplug family with open arms i am your host Aaron the harbinger of professional wrestling the doctor of all forms of love and the most unpopular podcast host in all of British wrestling. Uh, this is the State of Wrestling Address. Every single week we discuss the news and highest topics in the professional wrestling world. However, can't do it alone. As you know, I think you're used to this lad by now. I know I am. He's, he's like family. My co-host is a man you know all too well. Canada's favourite clean. He's got twice the mic skills of Kenny Omega and half the insulin. He's the Maple Leaf magician, the Oscar-worthy Ontarian, your friend of mine, Kyle Wilkinson. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Uh, ladies, by the way, DMs are open. Just saying. Oh, yeah. And as a doctor of love, I can thoroughly diagnose you with some... Se- <laughs> Do you know what, Mr. Wilkinson? I have a very sexy learning disability. Do you know what it is? No, oh, what is it? <sighs> Sex, Lexia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the master yes. of the lure. Yes, indeed. I am the natural heir to Zap Bragan's throne. So let's get talking. Let's start with something slightly happier before we delve into the absolute misery that is generally the wrestling world. The PWI 100 has dropped. This PWI 100 is exclusively for women's wrestlers. Now, you might have noticed earlier on this year, they dropped the PWI 500, very famous list, top 500 wrestlers. And I believe it was the first time they had had women's wrestlers in there. However, they only put women's wrestlers in who had had a strong inkling for intergender matches. The idea was to try and, you know, bring in a bit of equality. I thought it was a nice touch. We're not going to take it too seriously. We know it's a kayfabe list. Try not to get too stressful. However, top 100 women ranked by Pro Wrestling Insider. Number one, 
Bailey. Yes, indeed. Everyone's favourite heel from SmackDown. So, quick list. I'll read out the top 10 and then maybe a few other noticeable names. Uh, number one is Bailey. Number two is Becky Lynch. Number three, Asuka. Number four, Charlotte Flair. Number five, Sasha Banks. Number six, Hikaru Shida. Uh, number seven, Tessa Blanchard. Number eight, Rio. <laughs> number nine, Io Shirai. And number 10, Mayu Iwatani. Um, what do you think, mate? Any any particular issues with this? Or like me, have you just got to this point where you're like, eh, it's just a list. Chill out, lads. It, it is just a list. I don't think it's really that important. But I think it's still pretty cool that WWE has the, like, has the top five covered. Because let's be honest, they all had incredible years. Bailey is still women's champion. Becky was the talk of the wrestling world last year. Uh, Tessa on there surprises me. I know she did a lot of great stuff for Impact, but the way it ended was a little, you know, eh. And then Riho, that one, sure, she was the first women's champion for AEW, but she didn't do a whole hell of a lot there. Maybe she did more stuff in Japan, I'm unsure of. Mm. But, yeah, there was, like mm. I say, it's just a list, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, work is so you know, very similar to the men's list. Um, the top 10 is dominated, obviously, by WWE stars, as you would expect. They rank it based on your work through October 2019 through to October 2020, which is why I'm actually a bit surprised that Riho has managed to break her way into the top 10. But I understand why, being the first women's champion of AEW, whatever. But the criteria was titles won, quality of opposition, your wins and losses, overall activity, and the push received by the promotion or promotions that they work. So even if if you don't necessarily win too much if you're in a prominent position chances are you're going to be doing quite well on this list um so people freaking out and going oh charlotte Flair is fucking injured she shouldn't be in a top 10 <laughs> it's like well, yeah well she was still very prominent and has won a ludicrous amount of titles and rightfully so um the thing that stands out for me is the fact that the top five are all wwe women and i think that's absolutely right i think when it comes to women's wrestling WWE completely rules the roost. I'm sorry, but if you honestly believe that anyone has a better women's division than NXT alone, you, I, I don't know what to tell you. You are frankly swimming in denial and not the one in Egypt either. And trust me, I would know. Uh, one thing that does surprise me actually is the lack of um, impact women. Uh, Impact Wrestling Women. It's obviously just Tessa Blanchard. I understand why she's top 10. She won the world championship of a company, the first woman to do so. Whether you like it or not, it is a world championship. And that's a pretty big fucking deal, isn't it? Let's be fair. That's probably enough alone to break the top 10. But whether you like Tessa Blanchard or not, no arguing her body of work. Absolutely not. Um, Jordan Grace at number 12 is the only one other than Tessa Blanchard who gets close in terms of Impact Wrestling, um, which is fine. To be fair, nice to see Shayna Baszler up there as well. She's number 13. Feel like she could have been higher. Uh, one of the ones that really stands out for me is Thunder Rosa at number 14, actually, the NWA Women's Champion. What a fantastic year she's had. I would have been, I would have absolutely had her in my top 10, if not very much pushing for a top five place. And then everything else kind of reads itself. Nice to see Kylie Ray at 19. She's had a very good year. She's freaking adorable. Kaylee Ray. Despite not really having an opportunity to wrestle for the last six months, she is the NXT UK Women's Champion, so she's in there at 18. Um, as we go down a little bit further, your girl Tegan Knox, 26, Alexa Bliss, 27. Diana Perazzo is only number 30, but I understand that she's only really just come in as she impact wrestling and become champion. B Priestley's at 37. Nice to see uh, some women up there that you wouldn't expect to. Priscilla Kelly's in there. 
you know, she's doing quite well for herself at number 38. Um, and then, of course, as you go further down, there are women that you will not know as much, but I would argue definitely deserve a really high spot in this list. Penelope Ford, for me, is actually a little bit underappreciated at 48. Charlie Evans at 61 is a real surprise for me. I would argue that Charlie Evans is the best women's wrestler in the British wrestling scene. Um, she's an independent wrestler, predominantly, or pretty much completely. And that's probably why she hasn't cracked the top as much. But, you know, how much do you take it seriously? It's a list at the end of the day, isn't it? And most of the people working on this, um, I imagine, don't have time to scour through every independent promotion. But all in all, I think they've done well. I've got no problem with Bailey being number one. I think she's been absolutely phenomenal. She's really changed what it is to be a heel. And the fact that Bailey and Sasha Banks squaring off with each other is on the cover, I think that's definitely the predominant uh, women's feud. I think since... Becky Lynch decided to pretty much take on the world. I think Sasha Banks and Bailey have just been lights out. I really do. So I've got no issue with it. Um, I wouldn't have Becky Lynch at number two, just because, frankly, she well, she hasn't really been around since Money in the Bank, which was just after Mania. And also, I don't think her body of work is nearly as good as people say. Shock horror. Sorry to say, you know, I think her prime is a very weak, but kayfabe list. So we move on. Anything you want to say in passing on the list before we move on to the next topic, Mr. Wilkinson? No, not really. I think I said what I need to. Like, like you say, it's just a list that's here for people that care about lists. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, if you care about lists, then you'll definitely care about lists. We all like a list, to be fair. None more so than Chris Jericho, and we'll get to him in a moment when we discuss AEW. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, NXT UK and again, once again, um, this week, uh, there was a promo involving one Jordan Devlin, who declaring himself as the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I believe this actually took place on NXT, not NXT UK, if I'm correct in saying. Either way, uh, WWE seems to be pushing the return of Jordan Devlin sooner rather than later. Uh, as you can imagine, caused an astonishing amount of uproar on the internet, you know, social media, whatever it is. I, I hate to burst your bubble, everybody. Social media is not the fucking real world, okay? We all have social media. We all like using it. I like using the WrestlePlug social media. You can follow us at WrestlePlug across all social media. And I am very grateful if you do. But seriously, make sure before you compile all of your life's opinions and throw them on Twitter, that you actually go outside. There's these things called gyms. They're wonderful. Uh, you'd love them. You can go outside. You can exercise. Hell, you can go for a run. There's these things called um, paths, forests, all kinds of places. You can go for a run, take in the air, see nature. Try it out. It's a wonderful thing. Honestly, spend less time staring at your fucking social media. Spend more time listening to this podcast while you're working out at your favorite gym. Um. Your thoughts on Jordan Devlin returning? Now, obviously, he was accused in the speaking out movement of being highly abusive, allegedly. There was images that were put on social media that apparently uh, he has said were not to do with him. The individual that posted them, you know, there were a number of bruises and what seemed to be, you know, inflicted wounds of sort on this individual via the images. Um, and, of course, you know, as is the case with speaking out, unfortunately, uh, if you're named in it, 
I don't want to be unfair, but it feels that if you're named in it, irregardless of whether you're innocent or not, there seems to be a blanket of guilt that's just been thrown over everybody. And it's a case of, yeah, fuck everybody. You're all abusers. Fuck a lot of you. Whether there is proof or not, whether there is evidence or not, a lot of people saying you don't need evidence. That's fine. People have their own opinions. I am one who believes that in the real world, uh, people deserve the opportunity to stand up for themselves when they are accused of something, because as everybody who follows this podcast knows, I was accused of doing some stuff in speaking out, which was utter nonsense. As we all know, it was quite simply by my partner's embittered ex who just, you know, anyone who knows me knows long history of that. The guys are complete and utter cockwaffle. It is what it is. I'm not going to go into that. If you want to speak about it, you can speak to me privately. That's absolutely fine. Your thoughts on Jordan Devlin coming back into the fold. When you consider the fact that WWE has brought back, uh, Matt Riddle, well, not really, they didn't really take him off TV, and of course, Lars Sullivan as well, who had quite a number of issues in the past with racism and homophobia. It's just on par with WWE at this point in time, isn't it? It's, yeah. just, it's just what they're doing. Doesn't feel like a surprise it's, anymore. No, like it's, I mean, I'm going to say it again, but it kind of is what it is. There's nothing we can really do about it. I'm not, am I thrilled about it? No. But I'm not going to sit alone and just whinge and bitch about it because it's not like anything I say will change anything. I remember before the pandemic hit, Jordan Devlin was going to be at a few Destiny shows. I was really excited to meet him. Like, at the time, because, you know, I didn't know what is apparently true. But, I mean, now I just... I, I, I don't care... He's been accused of awful things, whether those pictures are real or not. At this mm. point, I don't think really matters. The fact is he's been accused and now he's just going to be back on WWE television because they don't care. <laughs> yeah, that, that very much sums it up quite succinctly. WWE doesn't give a shit what we think. WWE doesn't care if you hate Jordan Devlin, doesn't care if you hate Matt Riddle. Um, I do believe that there are a massive amount of issues involved. I'm not going to go into it too much because I spent a lot of time last week talking about speaking out and I don't feel like I should have to repeat my content every week. If you're a new listener, I'm absolutely joyous that you have joined us. Please check out last week's State of Wrestling Address. You know, we broke down speaking out quite a bit. Um, again, like I have said with all the other things, I'm not here to tell you whether Jordan Devlin is guilty or not, because that's not my fucking place. It's not your fucking place either. Sorry, but it's not. The core of social media, right, is a fucking joke, and I'm just about sick and tired of it. Uh, you might have noticed, again, just kind of bouncing off this topic, well, Osprey's name just keeps getting bounded around. He's currently partaking in the G1 Climax, of course, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there has been a number of people saying he should go and kill himself, people throwing death threats at him. And this is apparently acceptable because, obviously, Will Ospreay is alleged to have blacklisted a individual based on the fact that his friend allegedly sexually assaulted her. And people are going to say, oh, well, it's not alleged, blah, 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 blah. I have to say that, dickheads, because I don't want legal litigation, okay? It's a little bit different. It's all right for you, just throwing out on social media. I tend to have a little bit more respect for the environment, the victims, and the accused. You know, there's a reason we have a justice system. There is a reason that we have the law, okay? Social media was not invented so that everybody could fucking blow a whistle. And there are a lot of women who deserve better than just your social justice white knighting because, oh, 
I empathize with you so much. I cannot imagine how that must have been. Well, if you can't imagine, shut the fuck up then, because you can't empathize with them. You know, and for people who start giving me shit, because there seems to be this uh, this gang of people saying, oh, men don't have a say here. It's women who should be. Uh, excuse me. Men have been sexually abused as well. Don't be so fucking ignorant. Myself as an individual have had to suffer sexual abuse in the past. So I'm not going to fucking sit there and allow anybody to try and act as if this is a one gender role. If you want the world to be full of equality, then you have to accept that all kinds of people, regardless of how they identify or appear or look are abused that is a fact of life it's not a fun fact it's not a good one but it is something that happens Jordan Devlin doesn't need to be on TV right now the problem they have of course is that he's the NXT Cruiserweight Champion um, one of the bigger problems is the fact that Santos Escobar is the current NXT Cruiserweight Champion on NXT and he's doing such a fucking amazing job if you wanted me to tell you from a wrestling perspective, am I excited about Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar? Yes, I am. And I will watch that match and I will enjoy it. And if, if people are going to come at me and say, oh, you, you're fucking scum, you're enabling an abuser. Not really. What I'm doing is watching a dream matchup. You know, if it's if somebody, you know, if, if proof lands in my lap and says, yeah, Jordan Devlin is an abuser, that's fine. Absolutely fine. But this idea that you must attack everybody uh, based on who they like and who they don't like and who they side with is fucking pathetic. It's exactly why we have such an absolute shitstorm, a shit show in terms of politics, in terms of life, in terms of everything. The reason we have so much division is because people are obsessed with it. Oh, if you don't completely fall in line with my values or what I believe, then I don't like you. Okay, well, that makes you a one-dimensional piece of shit who doesn't have an open enough mind. You know what? It doesn't matter. For instance... There are people involved in this podcast who have been on this podcast who have voted for Donald Trump in the past and may vote for Donald Trump in the future. There are many of them. It's pretty obvious who they are. That doesn't mean I'm going to blacklist them because they have a difference of belief to me. And I think, frankly, if you do have that kind of mentality, well, fuck off. I haven't got time for you. What a waste of my time. What a waste of my air. Honestly, less division, more free thinking. It's as simple as that. Um... Should we talk about some wrestling? <laughs> so we watched uh, SmackDown last week and we watched Raw. We covered that in the draft special, so you don't really have to worry about that, guys. So please check out our last podcast, which, of course, episode 470 was the WWE Draft exclusive. We did a special podcast covering everything in the draft. That also covers uh, last week's SmackDown and this week's Raw. Uh, I want to talk about AEW because I stayed up to watch it. Um, yeah, I wish I hadn't, if I'm being honest. It was the one-year anniversary of AEW. How much, if any of it, have you seen, Mr. Wilkinson? Uh, I've seen clips and stuff, you know, online from their YouTube channel and stuff. I actually meant to sit down and watch Dynamite this week. I haven't watched it in a long time just because, you know, wrestling was just not doing what I usually needed to do during this time. But then, you know, I That'd had some good. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But then I had some family stuff I had to take care of, so I could I unfortunately couldn't watch it. But, you know, life comes before wrestling, and some people need to learn that. But uh, all yeah, I've really good. seen, and I'm, and I'm sure we might lead with this one, all I saw is that the Women's Championship match was god-awful. Yeah, so, <clears throat> right. This fucking pisses me off, because I had a few people on Twitter sliding up my DMs, whatever, give me shit. Um, just because you like 
women's wrestling, which we do more than anyone else, by the way, and we've got an entire backlog of history to support that. So fuck you. You're not going to question my credibility when it comes to my passion for women's wrestling. The reason I thought this was so shit is because I am passionate about women's wrestling. AEW has proven without a shadow of a doubt that it does not give a flying fuck about its women's wrestling division. If they're lucky, they'll get one match a week. Very often, it doesn't involve the women's champion, Hikaru Shida, who, by the way, is easily right now the best worker they have. They brought in Thunder Rosa for a small amount of time. That really shone a light on not only the quality of women outside of AEW, but also the issues within AEW and their booking. Once again, I keep hearing about how old Twinkle Toes finger bang himself, fucking Carl's worst enemy, Kenny Omega, is booking the women's division. He's doing a fucking shit job of it, if he's booking it. This is what I keep hearing. You know, I, I can't say for certain. If he is, you're fucking shit at your job. I mean, you know, you're having a bad enough time doing your own fucking job. This is this is hot garbage. And do you know what really fucks me off? I went, as you know, I went to Washington to see the first ever AEW Dynamite. I was so excited and I had the time of my life. And do you know why? Because I want viable alternatives to WWE. I love the idea of something that crossed the line. Do you know what they told you? Do you remember when AEW first came into fruition? They did all those press conferences. What did they say? Oh, we're going to have an emphasis on sport. We're going to have an emphasis on realism. You know, we're going to do that. The UFC, the MMA style rankings, wins and losses are going to matter here. No 50-50 booking here. No stupid carny entertainment. We're all about proper professional wrestling. And what have we had in the last few months? Guys with their hands in their pockets who can't be bothered. Guys dressing up the opponents in graphic design as hot dogs. Guys popping out of car boots. Guys literally wrestling with their hands in their pockets. Like, it... it you know, it it beggars belief. Gimp Cosplay Society, we had a match involving a pool of supposed alcoholic orange cocktail. Like, I don't mind a bit of nonsense. I enjoy a bit of nonsense when it's put in the correct place. Case in point, our truth. Drew Gulak, Akira Tozawa. People can, I, saw, I see these Dumb fuck AEW fans. And by the way, this isn't a generalization. Not everyone is a dumb fuck who watches AEW. I know a lot of people who watch it who are really cool people. And if they love it as much as they do, that's fine, because I know it's subjective. I don't. I was promised a different format. I was promised that I was going to be given something a little bit different. I was told that I was going to be given something that was a little bit more real. Why do you think wrestling was so special back in the day? The reason that people hold on to that era is because they're old men. You know, people like Jim Cornette, people like Jim Ross and whoever, they're not holding on to the old days because, oh, I can't let go of the attitude here. First of all, why would they want to let go of the most successful period in the history of wrestling? And second of all, they don't want to let go of it because wrestling was good back then. It was and it's this new thing that young people do where they're like, oh, old people just don't get it. I'm 35, okay? That's not ancient. Of course, it is to you fucking lot because you don't get life as a whole yet. You know, if you're 18, you're going to think anyone who's over 20 is ancient. That's fine. Whatever. That is what it is. That's a generational thing. But, you know, I lived through the attitude era when I was a kid. It was amazing. It's the best time of my life. 
and for everybody who's a kid, wrestling is amazing because for the majority of us, at least when we were that young, we think it's real. We do. We think it's real. We think it's, you know, and back then the combat, you know, the feuds, the, there was no 50, 50 booking. They gave you their absolute best every single night. And now uh, it, it has, it's changed so much. And, you know, I see Dave Meltzer. He has got some fucking nerve. Oh, people need to change with the times. Mate, you're handing out five stars like fucking a porn star hands out blowjobs at catering. It's embarrassing. You know? Like, what happened to something being special because it's special? Mm, not anymore. Not according to the old tuna melter. He, he pisses me off. And he also gets his fucking knickers in a twist. Every five minutes he's on Twitter arguing with somebody. Mate, honestly, do you get paid to argue with people? Because that's all you seem to fucking do. There's no question that Dave Meltzer is one of the most important names in all of wrestling journalism. He was the first guy, you know. He was the guy who really did it first. And that's why he's so special. You know, he could, everybody remembers their first. Everybody remembers their first wrestling journalist. But very much like your first... You move on and you realize that there are a lot better things out there to enjoy and savor. And I'm tired of hearing Meltzer fucking constantly having to go at old people and saying, oh, people just don't get it. I don't give a shit, mate. I really don't. I don't care what you think. You're not important enough. Shut the fuck up. So, AEW, the biggest problem is their fans can't handle the idea of criticism. They think if somebody hates it, it's because they're a WWE apologist. No. Like, nobody's immune to criticism. Nobody's immune to hate. Nobody's immune to abuse. If something's shit, right, and I think it's shit, I have a right to say it's shit. You absolutely have a right to say it's not shit. That doesn't necessarily mean that either of us is correct. More often than not, though, I like to think I am fucking correct. I'm sorry, but if you can sit there and tell me that Orange Cassidy getting the push of a lifetime is on a par with Finn Balor versus... <laughs> You know, what did you have at um, NXT TakeOver? Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, okay? Now, I'm not even a huge fan of Finn Balor. If anyone, honestly, has the nerve to sit there and say, oh, yeah, Orange Cassidy's just as entertaining as that, you're a fucking moron. Sorry, there's opinions, and then there's just being full-blown retarded, which is what that is. That's fucking stupid. Okay, and this AEW episode as a whole was terrible. The reason I'm picking on a women's segment is because they don't give a shit about women. And I'm so sick and tired. Oh, we've got AEW heels and all that. It's nonsense. I know some really diehard women who love AEW. You know, one of my friends, Amy, I think the world of her, I think she's absolutely wonderful. You can check her out on social media, a little bit of the Amy. She's she's fucking awesome. She's so cool. And she is a diehard AEW fan. She's a member of AEW Heels. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is when people will defend the women's division when it's clearly crap. Okay? It's not the women's fault. And I've said this before. The women who are involved in this division are working as hard as they can to try and get this division over. That has never been the issue that the women don't work hard enough. The issue has always been that the company as a whole does not give a shit about women's wrestling. And you know what? We give WWE all the grief in the world, but they are happy to push women's wrestling. They have five hours of main roster programming, six if you include NXT, which for me is basically main roster at this point. Across all six hours of that, you can see a plethora, I mean a plethora, of women's matches, women's segments, women in positions of strength and power. Candice LeRae, 
you know, exerting her authority or sometimes over her husband is phenomenal stuff on NXT. Sasha and Bailey have been absolutely killing it. Mandy Rose has just, she's got a real Trish vibe about it. It just seems to improve every single week. There are so many women wearing the rings. They're starting to push other women. You know, Asuka has been lights out for me, the best women's wrestler in the world. We had a women's main event at WrestleMania. On the flip side, AEW has Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole. And I realized something this week, and it breaks my heart because I have always been a reasonable fan. Big Swole is not very good. Not for my money. I think she is a very poor worker. I think she's ridiculously over the top. Her promos are a bit meh. And I honestly believe that if you put somebody else in her position, they would do a much better job. I'm sorry, but if you can't have a very good match with Hikaru Shida, who is easily their version of Asuka, not because she's Japanese, because she's a hard fucking worker, because she works hard to get everyone over. Her match with Thunder Rosa, certifiable classic. Hikaru Shida had a fucking classic with Nida Rose, a classic with Penelope Ford. I'm sorry, but when you start working with everybody and having great matches, all of a sudden you have to recognize the talent. You know, Sheeda's not going to ever be a big promo girl. She speaks reasonably good English, I think. She's lovely. She's adorable. Speak to Carl Wilkinson if you want more on that, because that's not really my department. <laughs> I would advise against it. You'll be here all night. Yeah, you will. Check it. Just check out his Twitter feed. It's absolutely ridiculous. At xkyle under slash Wilkinson. The first is real, ladies and gentlemen. Someone, someone needs to turn off the faucet. It seems to be jammed. But that's another story for another day. But nonetheless, if you can't have a good match with Hippie Rashida, there's a problem. Big Swole had an opportunity at the title. This was a terrible fucking match. And it's not because the women didn't try. It was full of botches. It was full of hilariously fake wrestling moves that, you know, they weren't making contact. There were a couple of times where even, you know, I think Sheeta went for kicks or flying knees. It just totally missed. You could see the space, the air, you know, that was flowing between the two wrestlers. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. Everybody knows, like, get on wrestlers' backs. I was talking about Redwood on the Reach Wrestling Review for Night 2 from last week, which you can check out on the YouTube, which is going up, basically, after I've finished editing this podcast, so it should be available for you. And I was saying, like, I hate wrestlers not throwing lines properly. What I mean is clotheslines, you know? When you throw a clothesline, I want to see you actually... <laughs> Could you imagine if JBL had just kind of gone, eh, with his clothesline from hell? He wouldn't have had a fucking career. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like, right, get out, stop fingering boys' bums, off you go, allegedly, of course. it's It pisses me off when wrestlers don't try and make it look semi-real. I'm not asking you to murder each other, but look at Thunder Rosa, man. What a fine example of how a wrestler should be. I want my wrestlers to look like they're laying their shit in. I want to be able to sort of take a double take for, cool, blimey. You know, Roman Reigns, right? One of the safest wrestlers. When he throws that semi-uppercut, very Kane-esque for the 90s, that is a beefy one. You know, when he was laying that in on Jey Uso in their Universal title match, absolutely beautiful. Absolute masterpiece. And that's a guy who doesn't do a great deal in the wrestling world because he doesn't have to, you know? And he's telling a great story and he's laying his shit in and everything he does looks real. And he's safe as houses. I've never heard anyone fucking complain about Roman Reigns hitting him too hard. You know, I, I miss the days a little bit of Vader, man. I do. I miss these heavyweights. And I'm disappointed by this show overall. There were some glaring issues. There really was. This is the only show we're going to review, so I'm going to tear into it a bit. But that was the big issue right there, was that women's match. It, the thing is, right, I could excuse a lot of crap because I've come to expect AEW, despite all of its fucking nonsense, and despite the fact it's lied to us on several occasions, I accept that they're going to do some stupid shit. 
You know, I accept that Orange Cassidy now is just their cup of tea because Tony Khan is fucking clueless. By the way, everybody's sucking Tony Khan's dick on Twitter. He's a fucking joke. Honestly, I would give my left nut to have the opportunity to book this show because I reckon I could do a tenfold better job than that piece of shit. Sorry, mate. And as somebody who loves Fulham as well, Fulham Football Club, because it's a family football team, you're fucking putting that into the ground as well. You know, you're spending all your time on Twitter, sharing fucking personal and private knowledge about football clubs and sports franchises. You're a fucking joke. You're an embarrassment. And frankly, I wish you'd just piss off because you give me a fucking headache, mate. You are ruining an opportunity. This is the closest we're ever going to get to an opportunity. This is what people don't realise. You are not going to get another billionaire come in and try this. Nobody else is ever going to do this again. You know, before this, we were all saying, weren't we? Oh, there's not going to be another Ted Turner. There's not going to be another TNT Spectre. And here we are. Against all logic, it happened. A billionaire came in, he said, you know, or, you know, a billionaire's son came in, should I say. And he said, you know, I, I want to do this. I want to make this happen. And through the strength and the perseverance of people like Cody, and as much as I hate to say it, guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I'm not a fan of. You know, they got this off the ground. They got this working. They got a TV deal. And ever since, you know, for the first few months, I loved it. And there are still things that I still love and enjoy. But I tell you what, this feels like, you know, don't fuck this because we won't get another one. That's the biggest problem here. What are your thoughts on AEW and what you've seen over the past few weeks? I know you haven't been watching it much, but is there anything you want to contribute to? Because I feel like I'm just basically taking over the podcast and swearing my head off at AEW every week at this point. Well, I mean, I, I love to hear your passion about it because, like you said, you made, I'm sure it was a very expensive trip across the ocean. You took a little, you didn't just take a little <laughs> hop across the pond. Yeah, yeah like <clears throat> Just go over my rowing boat. <laughs> off we go yeah. to Washington, yeah. D.C. <laughs> And no big deal. You want the product to be good. We want all wrestling to be good. That's what we always say. We don't want to shit on wrestling, but the reason we do is because we care. When they put out stupid stuff like this week after week, it, it gets frustrating. It gets hard to watch. Don't get me wrong. I I don't hate or I, I actually find Orange Casting kind of entertaining. I do. I, I It's stupid. Get out. My but it's my kind of stupid. However, he lost a TNT title match to uh, Brody Lee. Mm -hmm. Cody wins the title back, and then he gets a match three weeks later, like after he already lost? Mm. Just because Tony Khan wants to wank himself raw? Yeah. Because he and finds it hilarious? He got a time limit draw. He wrestled to a time limit draw with Cody, yeah. and he, he almost beat him. The, the bell rang, basically, as he was about to count him down for free. So Cody Rhodes, yeah. right... That war, that fucks me off. Carry on, mate, and then I'm going to jump in on that because I've got plenty to say about that. No, absolutely. So we just, like, it's it's heartbreaking. It's frustrating. It's all of these negative emotions we don't want to say, but things that we have to say because we've said it a hundred times and we'll say it a hundred more. On this podcast, we are honest. We are fair. I think that's the biggest takeaway you need to have here is we are fair. We're not WWE apologists. We're not AEW apologists. We just like professional wrestling. We want it to be up at that high standard that, you know, the 90s showed us it could be, that the early, early 2000s showed us it could be. Because it's never hit that height again. Honestly, it's probably never going to hit that height again if stupid shit like this keeps happening. We, we just... <laughs> 
it, now, now I'm just getting myself all worked up at three o'clock in the fucking morning. You guys are welcome for this. I haven't watched wrestling in so long because the isolation here in Canada, it's like, I haven't seen my best friends here for almost a year. Like I've, I think I've seen them once we had a little barbecue, a little get together and it was fantastic, but I haven't seen real people consistently for almost a year. So my mental is taking a huge, huge boom. And wrestling just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't make me feel better because it's shit. I want it to be good because I want to feel happy again. And it's just so unbelievable that shit like this can happen when some little dweeb is all like, oh, look at this dude with his jeans. He <laughs> he. No, fuck off, mate. I need I need more. I need more than that. My issue has never been Orange Cassidy's utter garbage. He's not my cup of tea. I am beyond pissed off at what you're doing. I'm sorry, but wrestling is not meant to be silly and fun. It's not meant to be a huge work to the entire audience. Okay? It's meant to it's meant to make people believe. It's meant to make people feel. You know, I see I hate these fucking stupid, relentlessly positive Twitter accounts. They know who they are. I don't need to name them. You know, you see them, these people who have like thirty thousand followers because they followed thirty thousand people. Well, I'm so fucking impressed with that. That's not a real fucking life anyway. These people who literally spend their day and night, they're out there tweeting about wrestling. You know, people who have like 200,000 tweets dedicated to wrestling, you think, Jesus Christ, get a fucking life. It's pathetic. And I'm so sick of them being like, you're so relentlessly positive, just saying, oh, I don't watch wrestling because I want it to be real. I want an escape from reality. Yeah, that's why there are films, mate. That's why there are TV series. That's why there are all kinds of things, right? These The same people, okay, who get shitty when somebody says wrestling's fake. What's more fake than a guy having a fight with his hands in his pockets while wearing sunglasses? That's as fake as it gets, mate. That makes fucking Ant-Man, when he changes size, look actually uber-realistic. It's pathetic. It's absolutely ridiculous. And do I have a problem with it being on the card? No, I have a problem with it being high on the card. And Cody Rhodes, right, I am his biggest fan. I think he's fucking amazing. I do. I think he's one of the best workers of my generation. His storytelling has been phenomenal. But I'll tell you what, ever since he started this TNT title run, he has been shit. And I'll tell you why. Not because his wrestling matches have been bad. They've been great. His match with Orange Cassidy was fantastic. However, you set the precedent early. You've said, hey, this guy doesn't give a shit. His intro is, you know, hailing from wherever, weighing whatever. You know, that's great. That's funny. That's great if he's in the Cruiserweight, you know, division or he's wrestling on the fucking mid or he's doing some 24-7 nonsense. He'd be great fun, wouldn't he? Our truth. We'd all have a great time with it. But you know what? He is a miserable, miserable representation of what our truth is because our truth is all about full-blown entertainment our truth makes me smile our truth makes me laugh and i'm not his biggest fan either but i love what he does i love the 24 7 nonsense wwe has said hey we've got loads of serious stuff going on here's a bit of nonsense on the side okay we've AEW. Ah, oh, the nonsense the nonsense could be world champion no wrong absolutely wrong how insulting not only to your audience, but to the wrestling business. This is a business, after all. This is, you do realize professional wrestling has been a thing for centuries, okay? 
you know, well before the carny and the circus and things like that, wrestling has been going on since the dawn of time. From Greco-Roman, it evolved. There's all kinds of things. And professional wrestling, is, it's been a thing for a long time. And when I see a guy like Pac, for instance, who I believe to be the best wrestler in the world, my God, do I fucking miss him on this program. My God, is he missed. You know, when I see someone like him having to go the limit with a guy who is wrestling him with his hands in his pockets and being bumped by a guy with his hands in his pockets who clearly isn't even close to his level, it, it ruins it for me. It does. Why wouldn't it? And people are like, oh, but wrestling's supposed to be funny and silly. Only bits of it, not all of it. Okay? I like humour, but I don't fucking need ridiculous carny shit everywhere. Why do you love... Some of the more, for instance, right, what are the most famous TV series? Game of Thrones, okay? Walking Dead. Now, they have some silly stuff in them. Of course, dragons aren't real. Of course, zombies aren't real. But what draws you in? The emotion, the pain, the anguish, the suffering. People were like, yeah, well, if wrestling's fake, what, what is fucking Walking Dead? Yes, but what they do is they know they're fake because they're fictional dickhead. The difference is when they tell a story, they try and use aspects of human nature. Not, <laughs> dude, Bra's got his glasses on and he's got his hands in his pockets. <laughs> he made this guy, you know, fall into a fucking swimming pool of mimosa. <laughs> what the fuck? No, absolutely not. Could you imagine how many people would turn off Game of Thrones if, you know, somebody just turned up and did that? You know, if Jon Snow just puts his hands in his pocket, you go, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> just no, people wouldn't fucking swallow it. There's the difference right there. When you're writing a story, you know, you have to know your audience. And AEW is more than happy having 700,000 of its diehards tune in. And let's be honest, the majority of those people are tuning in because they're sick and tired of WWE. But the ironic thing is, everything AEW does, right, I see people all the time. They're so fucking fickle and stupid. They go on social media and they say, oh, people just want an excuse to slag off AEW. I don't need an excuse because they're making them for me, you fucking idiots. Stop making excuses just because you're so desperate for something to be different and better than WWE because you're so desperate to say I'm with AEW what a dumb fucking hashtag and then you see the other part of people oh what's great about AEW is I don't have to watch all the abusers and people like that dude there's plenty of people in that company that have had massive issues in wrestling okay I'm not gonna fucking sit here and name them all but come on don't fucking act as if everybody on that screen is fucking pure of heart and pure of gold. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, you know, so Cody going the distance with Orange Cassidy was a fucking insult and a joke. And also, what was the fucking point? You've made Brody Lee look like fucking garbage. I'm never taking that guy seriously again. He took Cody, you know, he took out Cody in three minutes ten. Okay. He ruined him. And the story was fine. I didn't mind it. The story was Cody's being lax. He's being lazy. He's taking everybody too lightly because he's dispatching all these indie guys, whatever. It was okay. So he gets wrecked by the Dark Order. Uh, turns out that's because he pissed off to do some fucking TV series or some film or whatever. So he comes back and he beats Brody Lee in a brutal and fantastic dog collar match, which everyone enjoyed. Well, the majority of people enjoyed, even if you're not a huge fan of Brody Lee. I enjoyed that. I think Brody Lee has really done well to turn himself around with a really shit gimmick. Let's be honest, Star Court is garbage. And he's done a pretty good job with it. And by the way, picking up Anna Jay ain't a bad thing, because I would like to see more of Anna Jay, because 
damn. That's all I've got to say on that. As a doctor of love, I fully endorse that. But that being said, he then beats him, right? And then what happens? The guy who Brody Lee beat before he defended the title against Cody, okay, Orange Cassidy, somehow gets a shot, which he didn't deserve in the first place, which he didn't earn. And then he takes him to a fucking time limit draw. Great. Great. So what we're saying is, oh, Brody Lee, right? He, he couldn't fucking, you know, he lost to Cody, but, you know, Orange Cassidy can take Cody to the limit. What the fuck? Set his stall out and make it, like, it's all over the place. Is Brody Lee strong enough to beat him or not? He could beat Orange Cassidy, but he can't beat Cody. But Cody can't beat Orange Cassidy. What the fuck? And also, look at the two. Looking at Cody Rhodes, right, and Orange Cassidy in the ring, it's like, I said it on Twitter, it's like looking at the cover of the film Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Both guys are absolutely very talented at what they do, but there's a reason why one of them is huge and the other one is tiny. <laughs> there's a reason for that. And this was the same case. And let's be honest, Danny DeVito is a far better fucking character than Orange Cassidy could ever hope to be, so fuck him. Um, so, yeah, that pissed me off. And also... Who's the number one contender for the TNT Championship? Oh, Darby Allen. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Darby Allen's in the crowd. And do you know wait, how wait, they what? announced it? Yeah, so what? Darby Allen, right, is in the crowd watching this match. Halfway through the match, JR says, we just got this from Tony Khan. Darby Allen will challenge Cody at full gear for the TNT Championship. Wait, what? <laughs> no build-up. No square-off. No nothing. Just, yeah, Darby Allen's next. That'll be your pay-per-view. Great. Like, you know, even if he is number one in the rankings, no deal was made. And also, he can't be number one in the rankings because he hasn't fucking been around for months. What a fucking joke. An insult. Completely fucking ham-fisted. I'm getting fed up with AWS. And people say to me, why do you keep fucking watching it? The reason I watch it is to entertain you motherfuckers by covering it for the podcast. Honestly, it's the only reason I'm watching it now. Because this is hot garbage. And the only reason I watch it is because I can't watch WWE NXT. Like, I'll be frank and honest with you. I would be covering NXT every week if I had access to it. But they took it off the fucking network. And it's not available in the UK unless you're a BT Sport, which I don't have. And I'm not willing to pay a ridiculous amount of money just for that when, you know, I get a much better value for money out of my Sky Sports package. And I have to wait. And they don't even put it on the next day. You have to wait like a week or whatever. So by that point, not worth covering. You guys have moved on. You've got better things to do. So I'm not going to rant about something that I've seen two weeks ago or whatever it is. That's fucking disappointing. Yeah, but that's a separate story. That's the reason why I watched Dynamite. And there was shit all over this show. Things that just didn't make sense. Made absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, I mean, let's talk about something slightly positive. It was entertaining, if nothing else. MJF and Chris Jericho. I showed you the video, so you've seen the promo. They're going to have a steak dinner next week. I love how they keep building it. Oh, they're figure. so adorable. They're so funny, those two. They're so funny. And they're also going to televise this. It's going to be insane. This is, and the thing is, right, MJF and Chris Jericho are arguably their two biggest stars. And yeah, here they are in the mid card, pissing about talking about steak dinners. Poor Sammy Guevara's got a jacket that doesn't fit him. You know, he's angry because he didn't get his jacket until two weeks later. They're clearly building to a Sammy Guevara turn. By the way, Sammy Guevara uh, exposed himself as the guy who attacked Matt Hardy backstage with the bat. Um, so we're going to have a continuation of that, which I thought was fine, to be honest. Nice to see an actual feud, you know, as opposed to just, oh, here's a match. Next week, another match. You know, these guys actually went for it. I appreciate that. 
Got no problem with that. Um, so that was a positive. But yeah, MJF and Chris Jericho was fine. You know, not really much to say. Just hilarious promo. MJF is fucking gold. The way he couldn't bring himself to say, I want to join the Dark Order. Every time he said it, he went off on a different tangent. I just thought it was really funny, really entertaining. You know what? Don't mind a bit of shtick. But he didn't give me 20, 30 minutes of that nonsense. And also, I know that when Chris Jericho and MJF get down to business, they can get the business done. That's the difference. They can afford to be stupid and be idiots from time to time and entertain people. And MJF is just fucking amazing. And he's so good at being disingenuous. It's unreal. You believe he is a colossal Bennett. Probably is, but you believe it. It's actually fantastic. I enjoyed that. And I'm excited to see what those guys can do because they know how to entertain properly, not half-assed. You know, Orange Cassidy can't entertain because he can't cut a promo to save his fucking life. That's why. It's as simple as that. You know, and people say, oh, Orange Custer's a genius. Yeah, he is. No question. No question. He walks around doing fuck all and he makes a lot of money for it. Congratulations, mate. But you're only a genius because Tony Khan sucks. You're tallywhacker, sunshine. Terrible. Uh, what else happened on AEW? Um, just a load of... Oh, yeah, sorry. The main event. <laughs> that says a lot, doesn't it? Um, John Moxley retained his belt against Lance Archer. It was all right. It was okay. Um, the highlight of this was Eddie Kingston on commentary. By the way, Eddie Kingston, best mic worker in the world. That guy needs to be your champion. He is... You have no idea how special Eddie Kingston is. You have no idea. Honestly, for you, for everyone listening, you think about Eddie Kingston. Think about how special Eddie Kingston is. And then just multiply that by whatever number. He's that good. He's that fucking... Do you know why I love Eddie Kingston? He's as fucking real as they come. When he goes out there and he says, you know, and he's spitting and he's snarling, and he snaps at JR. Don't make me whack you, son. Like, he's just fucking angry. He's got his bandana on. He's got his Latin heritage. He's got his boys behind him, Lucha Brothers, you know, like his hitmen. And by the way, they're facing each other in the eight-man bracket. Fuck off. What joke that is. What a complete waste of the, one of the greatest tag teams of the modern era. Utterly useless. Like, don't make him a tag team now. If you want him to be singles, guys, which is fine, and don't get me wrong, that match is going to be fucking lights out. I'll tune in just for that. Penta versus Ray Phoenix. Yes, please. One insult to gravity, because those boys don't have no concept of what that is. That's going to be fucking insane. But, you know, Eddie Kingston's out there. He's worked his bollocks off on the mic, and then he attacks Moxie afterwards, chokes him out, and that was one of the highlights for me. Absolutely. Absolutely one of the highlights. You couldn't ask for anything more. But... It's just every single time Moxley gets thrown, somebody like that. They're feeding all of their stars to Moxley. He knocked off Lance Archer. He knocked off Chris Jericho for the belt, didn't he? He knocked off Eddie Kingston. He knocked off Brody Lee. He's taken all of their horses and their monsters. And all for what? So that eventually we're probably going to get fucking Kenny Omega knock him off. That's what's going to happen. Kenny Omega, right? If you want to sit there and tell me that Kenny, Kenny Omega is an incredible wrestler, there's no question of that. But if you're telling me that he deserves to be champion over all of those people I've just mentioned, then you are fucking stupid. I'm sorry, there is no way he should be fucking winning that title before the likes of an Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston should be your next champion as far as I'm concerned. He's legit, he's real, he's raw, he's ugly, he spits, he's a pit bull, he's nasty. He's aggressive. He's the kind of person that if you ran into him in a bar, you know he'd fuck your shit up. That's what makes him so good because he's so real. Look at all the people, right, who are fantastic on AEW. The guys I like. You know, even Will Hobbs, who's just David, who I think is fantastic. Will Hobbs, Lance Archer, John Moxley to a certain extent, Eddie Kingston, 
Penta in particular, um, you know, Jericho and MJF when they're at their best. What's the most common denominator between all of those things, Mr. Wilkinson? Uh, they're not ridiculously over the top, but they would probably kick your ass in real life. Relatable. Relatability. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah, they can be over the top, but when they do it, it's fun and it's entertaining and it's not their MO. Every single time those people mention get out there, they feel real, they feel exciting, they feel relatable. And Eddie Kingston is the finest example of that. Eddie Kingston is so real. And he, may, he I believe that he's kicking the shit out of people. I believe that he wanted to fuck Cody up when he took him on for that TNT championship. I thought it was fucking fantastic. That's a guy who could make a lot of fucking money in wrestling if you give him the opportunity. Tony Khan, right? Put guys like that at a prominent position of your fucking company. Instead of sucking off your boys. By the way, the Young Bucks, you fucking suck as heels. You are terrible. Your gimmick is, <laughs> we kick people a lot. Fuck off. You're like children. You dress like children. You look like children. Get a fucking haircut, for fuck's sake. I sound like an old man, but they, they piss me off. They really piss me off. There's no question that they have great athleticism. But I'm not interested in gymnastics. I'm interested in real wrestling. I'm interested in wrestling being as real as possible. Do I want it to be straight MMA? Obviously not. I like the fact that it's a little bit out there and I can suspend my disbelief. I don't want it to be stupendously real because like you say, I would go and watch UFC. And frankly, that's more of a work than WWE at this point, or at least it feels that way. And they've got better characters, guys who can work the mic better than AW. Jesus Christ. You're going to listen to Conor McGregor first, aren't you? Before you listen to anyone in AW with his fucking, whether he's a shit house or not. It's frustrating is what it is. And I'm so sick and tired of like the tag team division. They do not give a shit in the same way that WWE is burying their tag team division by just simply not having any. AEW has every tag team you can imagine. So next week, we're going to have a number one contenders match. The winners will face FTR at the pay-per-view. FTR defended their title successfully this week. You know, they had, yet again, another, you know, kind of, they, they have this kind of, I don't know, I don't know what it is, really. Kind of like an open challenge. I don't know if you've seen this, like the 20 minute, 20 minutes of heaven or whatever yeah, like it is. The, the, the special, yeah, with their own special rules and shit. Yeah, or something. they got their own special rules, which, you know, their special rules, frankly, should just be the norm. Oh, you know, tag team rope. What happened to holding the tag rope? That should just be a normal thing, shouldn't it? But apparently it's their thing. That's That shows you how shit tag team wrestling is in AEW. That the, the main, their heels because they want to wrestle like proper tag teams. What? <laughs> so dumb. You're rooting for them every single time. You know, they've knocked off some pretty... They took on the best friends this week. And the best friends have great matches, but for fuck's sake, get Trent away from Chuck Taylor. But anyway, after that, of course, you know, we find out who's going to be the number one contenders. They have this... So they draw names out of a tombola to decide who will face each other. They couldn't... So the men's championship, right? Oh, yeah, we'll have a fucking eight-man tournament. We'll have the best eight wrestlers. We'll have a bracket. We'll we'll make a big deal out of it. Tag teams, I just draw out of a Tom Bono, mate. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, go on, stick your hand in there. So who have we got? Lucha Brothers? Nah. Proud and Powerful? Hmm, nah. Jake Hager and Chris Jericho were apparently going to be in the tag team division, weren't they? Nah. Not, that, that's not a thing already. That's gone. That's got to shit already. Um, who did we get? Oh, that's right. Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Great fun. Really like John Silver. I think he's really funny, but they're not a credible tag team. Go for yourself. Two singles, guys. 
No, not a proper tag team. Uh, Butcher and the Blade, got no problem with those guys. I think they're fantastic, actually. I think they're really underappreciated. Private Party are fine. Bit like a poor man's Street Profits, but they're all right. And the Young Bucks. That's it. That's your best. One of those teams is going to face FTR at the pay-per-view, and I swear to God, it better not be the Young Bucks. But they've beaten everybody else. You know it's going to be the Young Bucks. They've just beaten Private Party. They're not going to face Butcher and the Blade. And they're not going to face, um, you know, because with all due respect, well, I think Butcher and Blade were the first team they wrestled. And they're not going to wrestle John Silver and Alex Reynolds on pay-per-view. Come on. So it's going to be the Young Bucks, which means we get this supposed dream match, which, frankly, I don't care about. I'd rather they just fucking done them over in like five minutes flat. If they'd done them over real quick, you know, they came out, tried to do the super good nonsense, got flat, and then they won. I'd probably be all for it. But this could have been some fucking 30, 40 minute, you know, what they consider a blockbuster and it will just drag on and on and on. They, they really have no idea how to build. They don't care about their tag team division. They clearly don't. I'm sorry, but this is just lazy. FTR are working their asses off with Tarly to try and make it respectable, but no, I don't give a shit. And overall, AW was a terrible fucking watch. It was a bad, bad show, really bad. And I felt like I wasted two hours of my life. The main event was okay. And Eddie Kingston was fucking fantastic. And that left me on a bit of a high, him choking out Moxley and, you know, giving it to business at the end. Also, Ray Phoenix with his facial expressions going, oops, what did we do? I thought that was quite funny as well. Um, But overall, I don't give a shit. I'm now cherry picking AEW. I'm now looking forward. I'm looking, you know, over the next couple of weeks, I'm thinking, what do I want to watch here? Penta versus Ray Phoenix. I'm going to tune in for that. I don't give a shit about anything else. I'm just going to shoot it for that. You know, I'm just going to cherry pick it now and watch what I want to do. The women's division, trash. Tag team division, utter trash. Storylines, bookings, comedy gimmicks, trash. Way too many of them. This thing needs bleaching is what it does. Anything else to say, mate, before we move on? No, just, uh, I mean, to be fair, I kind of cherry pick a lot of what I watch in wrestling in general now. Like, Raw has always been, I'm just going to go WWE for a second because I just want to mention Kevin Owens, how much I love Kevin Owens. But I only watch his stuff. Like, uh, the only reason I watched all of SmackDown and Raw the last week was because of the draft, and we covered it for you guys. So, you know, I'll suffer so you guys can get a few laughs. That's fine. I'm I'm a good guy. Get over it. Slide in those DMs, ladies. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, Mm -hmm. like, SmackDown this year got shit on in the draft. But Kevin Owens is over there. Daniel Bryan is over there. I'll I'll cherry pick their matches. I'll watch that. But for the most part, and I guess Roman, because Roman's doing incredible stuff right now. But for the most part, like, I don't give a shit about anything. But I'll sit there and I'll take 10, 15 minutes or, you know, five, depending on how they feel that day, to watch a KO match. When Dynamite first started, you wanted to watch all two hours of it because it was different. It was riveting. It was exciting. And now, honestly, they've fallen into the same routine that WWE, that people shit on WWE for. But they just go, oh, it's AEW, so it's okay. It's not okay, guys. It's it, We can't accept it from one and not the other. Double standards, they're, they're not a thing. Yeah. Absolutely. There's not much else I uh, have to say, really. I'm, I've had enough, and I'm sure everyone listening has had enough of me ranting about AEW for one week. Tune in next week for more hatred. <laughs> That's how it feels. Um, 
Should we go around the horn very, very quickly uh, with a few quick news things? So give us a quick 30-second opinion on all of these little topics that I have lined up for you, mate. So Daniel Bryan will make his return on SmackDown, which is going to happen in about, I don't know, I'd say about 18 hours. We're recording this on a Thursday morning. Oh, sorry, I've got my fucking... Fa- God, I don't know what time it is, mate. I'm so fucked at this point. Uh, I'm recording this Thursday morning. Is it Thursday morning? Please tell me it's Thursday morning. No, it's, it's Friday morning. It- it's Friday morning. Wow. Yeah, because it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's three four. It's three forty a.m. Friday yep. morning for me right now. Yeah, it's eight forty in the morning, and I yeah. woke up yesterday at about nine o'clock. <laughs> this is so wrong. The pandemic's ruining me. Oh dear. So yeah, we're recording this on a Friday morning. You'll be listening. To, you'll hopefully be listening to this on a Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, so SmackDown is tonight. Daniel Bryan makes his return in the Thunderdome. Excited for that, mate. Absolutely. We haven't seen Daniel Bryan since. The pandemic started. I know he does have baby birdie at home and hopefully, Oh, and I think they have another one now. So hopefully the family's safe and he's okay to come in. Cause I want to see some good, some good wrestling matches on SmackDown. Yes, indeed. I'm excited about seeing Danny Bryan. Who wouldn't be? He's one of the best workers in the world. And ultimately, that makes SmackDown a must-watch show, really. Well, at least his segment will. Uh, I'm really excited about WWE as a whole, actually. The draft may have been completely bungled, but I'm really excited about Raw. I enjoy Raw. I think it's actually the most underrated show of all the wrestling shows you can watch. Uh, NXT is fantastic. And SmackDown... Well, it's got Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, so I'm going to watch for that alone. And Daniel Bryan is fantastic. Paul Heyman implied that Ronda Rousey may be returning to WWE. It was kind of like a little tease thing. He was speaking to a, a journalist of sorts. I think he was speaking to the New York Times, actually. I'm not entirely sure, so don't quote me on that. But basically, he insinuated that Ronda Rousey might return, but if she did, it wouldn't be in the Thunderdome of any sorts. It would actually be in front of a live audience. Are you uh, excited about the idea of Ronda Rousey coming back and maybe having another crack at things? I mean, yeah, I absolutely loved her inaugural run. I think she had one of the best, you know, inaugural years in WWE. I thought she was fucking incredible. If she comes back, absolutely, she's a megastar. Yeah, no question. I I love Ronda Rousey. I first of all, she is so hot. I'm sorry. Sorry to be a cretin, but she is. She's so hot. I love her. Do you know why I love Ronda Rousey? Legitimate. I keep talking about real and legitimate. She's fucking awesome. Of course, all the fucking Becky Lynch stands are going to be like, I hate Ronda Rousey. Oh, she doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. She makes more money fucking blinking than you'll ever win in your whole life. That's that's your problem, not hers. Like, she was fantastic. And hey, the only reason you got a women's main event at WrestleMania was because of Ronda Rousey. You think if Ronda Rousey's not in this company that we would have got that triple threat? I don't think so. I don't think they would have had Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch as the main event at WrestleMania 35. I'm just saying. I'm excited for Ronda Rousey, and you all should be too. Um, even if she's a heel, because hey, you've got someone to root against. So ultimately, she's worth that money. Big, big money. Uh, Carla Roddy may be returning to NXT soon. He uh, apparently is medically cleared to return to the ring next week. Uh, you might have noticed that he suffered some broken teeth during his TakeOver 31 loss to NXT champion Finn Balor, who also broke his jaw in two places and is being evaluated for injuries right now. Uh, I believe he went in for emergency surgery. Um, but Carla Roddy will be back. As for Adam Cole... Uh, he was not in the ring with the rest of Undisputed Era this week. Uh, O'Reilly noted that he's still out of action with broken ribs for the attack, Cafe uh, by Rich Holland at TakeOver. Uh, this is obviously a storyline injury, so no word on when Cole will be back. But Kyle O'Reilly, uh, from a legitimate standpoint, will be returning next week. As far as uh, Finn Balor goes, we don't know yet. As far as I know, um, so Regal put out a post 
and apparently he will give Finn Balor a few more weeks to see how he recovers before making a determination on the future of the WWE NXT Championship. So basically, uh, Karrion Cross immediately had to drop it because of what happened to him, but they're going to give Finn Balor time, and I imagine that's because, well, frankly, this belt is cursed, mate. Um, your thoughts on everything that's transpired there? Yeah, if I was ever at NXT and they're like, hey, do you want to be NXT champion? I'd go, um, no, I don't think I do because I value my body. Jesus Christ, like fucking Champa got hurt. I mean, I know that was a while ago, but he got hurt. And then uh, Karrion Cross got hurt. Now Finn Balor got hurt. I don't want, I wouldn't want that shit, man. Nah, I'll take the North American title. It's a lot prettier anyway. Yeah, it is. I love that brown strap, by the way. I'm not always about brown straps, but that is beautiful. I think it's, it's more crimson, isn't it? It's like kind of a crimson brown. I don't know what's going on. Even it's way it's, I like, like, a, it's like a maroon, I think. Do you know what I've really come around to as a belt? The NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I'm really starting to dig that purple. Maybe it's because it's on the waist of the most beautiful man alive, Pablo Escobar. Uh, Santos Escobar, excuse me. Who, by the way, uh, retweeted my artwork, and I'm very grateful for that. He called it beautiful. I was I was barking out because he's. I'm a huge fan of that guy. I think he's got a big future. But yeah, I, I think that belt quite sexy um i i think this is a bit i understand why do you know what give it a month if finn balor's not good to go take the belt off of him sorry but you can't just have the belt held up and you know just hovering around waiting because you will eventually have another takeover to build to and you need something else to go on you can't just have and apparently rich holland has suffered an injury as well and he might have problems as well like you know just you know, it's next man up, baby. That's what they say in the NFL. Next man up. It's as simple as that. Uh, moving on to something a little bit more depressing. You might have heard that there's been an update in uh, Sonia Deville's stalking case uh, involving this lunatic um, who obviously tried to abduct her. Uh, Philip Thomas had a virtual court hearing this past Monday uh, regarding his attempted kidnapping of Sonia Deville. Thomas's next court appearance is on December the 15th at 9am, which he has to attend in person. Uh, this appearance is for the charges of aggravated stalking, third degree felony armed burglary of a dwelling uh, felony punishable by life yikes um well deserved to be honest uh, armed kidnapping for ransom or reward or hostage which can involve life if uh, found guilty and criminal mischief for less than two hundred dollars second degree misdemeanor thank you for that um thomas still has a court appearance on november as well for the continuation of deville's temporary protection injunction um this is via wrestling inc they've learned that thomas's mail has been going to deville's home when thomas was booked he apparently gave deville's address as his own uh, while the Hillsborough County Jail has corrected the address in their system, the court still have Thomas's address listed as DeVille's. And DeVille, of course, was last seen at SummerSlam where she lost her loser leaves WWE match to Mandy Rose. So the headline here is that Mandy Rose's, uh, Mandy Rose's stalker, I'm sure she got a lot of those, um, Steve included. Um, Sonia DeVille's stalker basically wrote down that his address was Sonia DeVille's address. That's pretty terrifying. What do you think about that, mate? Yeah, that's... I don't understand how some people can do stuff like that. Like, there there are some women that I just, you know, absolutely adore. But never, ever would that cross my mind that I go, I, I think we, we must really be together if I make my address the same as hers. That right. mean we're, that makes me a real boy. No. Ugh, no, that's messed up, bro. I hope that guy... Either, you know, gets the help he needs in jail or he stays there for the rest of his forsaken life. Yeah, what an absolute fucking waste of space. People, there's just an amazing amount of things that are wrong 
you know, with just wrestling fans as a whole, if we're being frank and honest about things. But the, um, yeah, this is just terrible. Uh, before we wrap things up, I wanted to make uh, it's a very somber topic, unfortunately. Uh, Ryan Smile uh, passed away a couple of days ago. Um, he may not be completely well-known, particularly to our American audience. Ryan Smile was very well-known as a British independent wrestler over here. He was part of the big boom in the British wrestling scene. A lot of people, unfortunately, will only remember him as the co-owner with Will Ospreay of Lucha Forever, which was a company that sadly went under a lot of promises a lot of issues with money and stuff and people not getting their money back and stuff um but ryan smile is actually very well regarded and was very popular in particular with people uh, from the irish wrestling scene ott kip sabian credits ryan smile uh, with a tribute this week about how he probably wouldn't even be a wrestler if it wasn't for ryan smile um he passed away at an incredibly young age um we don't know exactly why he's passed away yet, but there is a lot of suggestion it might be to do with cyberbullying again, issues involving, you know, uh, abuse and stuff. Unfortunately, Ryan, Ryan Smile, um, you know, there were allegations made against him, which didn't seem to come to fruition. Um, but it, once again, and I said this on Twitter, this is a case of an individual who sadly is no longer with us and he deserved better and deserved more credibility and the love than the tributes that he's getting. He deserved that while he was still alive. And maybe if he'd had that, maybe he, we wouldn't have lost him if it is, you know, I can't say, um, you know, with any kind of true conviction, because I don't know what's happened to him, but the big assumption is that he took his own life. Um, that's just an allegation slash assumption right now. Um, but ultimately, Ryan Smile is sadly no longer with us at a very young age. And a lot of that, I have no doubt, is to do with past discretions. And it's just fucking disappointing it's really disappointing and I don't want to make his passing an opportunity to slag people off. But I will say one thing. There's a lot of people I'm seeing on Twitter and social media talking about how much they miss him and how gutted they are that he's gone. And these are the same people that I saw laying into him, giving him shit over the falling out of the business, over, you know, allegations and whatnot. There was a lot of things David at him. He was struggling a lot of his mental health, a lot of his recent tweets before he passed on, you know, related to him struggling in life. And frankly, I think people need to stop fucking pretending like they give a shit because they clearly fucking don't. Otherwise, they would have treated him with the love and respect he deserved before his passing. Ron Smile, sadly, no longer with us. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, I'd never heard of heard this guy, but I mean, it doesn't. That doesn't really matter at this point. The fact is, I think I saw he was like thirty-one years old. Yeah, that's, thirty-one years that's, old. That that's a year older than I am. A little, maybe a little more, but that's that's too young. Mental health doesn't know age, it doesn't know race, it doesn't know anything but how it can make someone suffer. And th this person was pushed enough that alleged potentially they took their own life. That's yeah. just it's unacceptable. Yeah, he'd really been struggling with his mental health, and so I, I'm, I assume that's what happened. We lost Lionheart to that. We lost Hana Kimura to that. Uh, and people aren't fucking learning. They're not fucking learning. Do you know what? 
I say some pretty inflammatory shit on this podcast, but the difference is you have a choice whether you listen to this podcast or not. I don't force it on anyone. I don't go on social media and attack people. I don't say horrible shit to people. I don't threaten death upon them and stuff like that. Do I say stuff and, you know, have a go and, you know, shit? Yeah, of course I do. Like everybody does. That's not the issue here. Don't fucking attack people on social media unless you have a really good fucking reason to. And the same goes for all this shit we're speaking out. It, it needs to be fucking dealt with properly, and it is apparently going to be pushed towards the UK court of law. That's a good thing. But that does not mean people have carte blanche to go on social media and say whatever they fucking please. If you're not willing to do that and say that kind of stuff to people to their face, then shut the fuck up. Because honestly, people send shit at me all the time on social media. Okay, They've said all kinds of shit to me. That's fine. You know, I can take it. Some people can't. And some people don't have to either. Ultimately, it's like the old phrase goes, you know, it seems to be almost like a phrase that's been around for forever, but it only really was coined with social media. Social media has made people feel very comfortable about saying things without getting punched in the fucking mouth. So I think Mike Tyson was the one who coined that phrase, you know, and he's the one who, you know, rather famously said, you know, everyone's a tough guy until they're punched in the mouth. <laughs> Ultimately, a lot of these people need a fucking smack in the mouth. They need a fucking reality check. And when I'm seeing all these people going, oh, my God, it's so tragic that Ryan, you know, has passed away at 31 and all this. It's just like you're the same people who tried to put him in the fucking ground. But I will say one thing to leave it on a more positive note, because I want Ryan to be remembered well. Uh, his work rate was incredible. I was never a huge fan of Ryan Smart, actually. Um, we always used to say that he was kind of he was an amazing wrestler. But he was kind of forgettable in some ways. And that's not fair because, you know, that's us being you know thrown out of a bit of conjecture. But that's us being honest. I'm not going to try and pretend like all of a sudden he was my favorite wrestler just because he's gone. But the one thing I always noticed about Ryan Smart was his pace and his aggression in the ring. I've never seen anyone move that far. And once I started training myself, I realized just how much it takes. And then I realized, wow, to go at the speed and the pace and the aggression that he did is astonishing. And despite the fact that he's not as well known by a lot of people like yourself as well, there's no shame in that. Ultimately, it's not your job to know every wrestler on earth. One thing that is great is to know that Ryan Smile did get an opportunity to work with some of the biggest names in the industry, whether you like them or not. People like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, he got to work with Leo Rush and Will Ospreay and a multitude of New Japan Pro Wrestling talents and things like that. He had an amazing career for someone who, you know, kind of almost had it cut short way too soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I really admired his work, right? And I appreciate it a lot more after I had, you know, started training because... I realized what kind of energy, what kind of strength it takes to move at the pace he did. And one thing that is phenomenal is to see that the GoFundMe that's been set up to help support his family is absolutely smashed through the barrier in record time. And that shows that regardless of how bad wrestling can be and how bad the wrestling audience can be, there is still some really good people out there. And I'm really, really pleased to see that, you know, so many people are stuck at it. Unfortunately, Ryan Smart isn't the only person who passed away. This hasn't been as reported as much for Former WXW champion, people will know WXW as a very, you know, it's the prominent promotion in Germany. It's where Volta and a lot of other people made their name as wrestlers. Um, former WXW champion Carsten Beck passed away uh, this morning at the age of 33, I believe this was yesterday. 
Um, he'd been battling brain cancer for years, unfortunately. Um, the announcement from the German promotion was Carsten Pitan, aka Carsten Beck, has passed away this morning after battling brain cancer for years. We say farewell to a Hall of Fame wrestler, a unified world wrestling champion, a world triangle league winner, our director of sports, our colleague, our companion, our friend. We wish Carsten's family and Ruth, those who have walked along Carsten uh, until the very end, all the strength in the world. We miss you. Carsten. Um, I actually uh, have seen uh, Carsten Beck wrestle quite a few times, and I had no idea actually that he was um, struggling as much as he had. I, you know, I, I don't claim to be the biggest WXW fan in the world, but I do really enjoy their products, and I'm very blessed that I've got some fantastic DVDs with his content on there. And what a wrestler! What a pat! I loved him. Real meat and potatoes wrestler, you know, just a real hard grafter as everybody is in Germany. And it's sad that cancer, unfortunately, has taken him. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll well wishes to everyone involved with Ryan Small, his family and his friends. And the same with former WXW champion Carsten Beck, who sadly, you know, taken from us at the age of 33, courtesy of the world's most evil disease, cancer, I'm afraid. 2020 is just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? And you don't want any more, but it doesn't care what you want. It just shoves it down your throat. Like that. Yeah. I, I'd seen this news on, on Twitter as well. And again, I've, I've never watched WXW. I know of it, obviously, but no, I've, I've never watched it. But again, I don't need to. I, all I know is that, again, someone too young has been taken, and it's, it's just not fair. And, you know, all the. Best wishes to his family, hopefully, everything. I mean, it, it doesn't get better, but it it becomes bearable. Yeah. Um, as a quick side note uh, for anyone listening, whether you're male or female, um, check yourself. I know it sounds really stupid, but check yourself for lumps, you know? And um, just because of the pandemic, and I know this has been an issue, uh, just because there's a pandemic on, um, if you believe that there's an issue, maybe have a lump or growth, whatever it may be, please see your doctor immediately. Please go and speak to the proper medical professionals because cancer is not something to be fucked around with. It really isn't. It is the most dangerous disease on earth as far as I'm concerned. Um, people can talk all they want about COVID-19 and obviously it's a big issue, but there is nothing more dangerous and more indiscriminate than cancer. It is vicious, and I have seen so many of my family members, so many friends who have been taken from it, people that I love, professionals of this industry. Cancer will take you, and, you know, if you can catch it early, you have such a, you know, a higher percentage of surviving. So please, please, please do not, you know, you know, I, there's a lot of men out there who think, oh, you know, I don't have to worry about that. Just check your balls, man. Seriously. Testicular cancer is one of the biggest killers of young men and men of any age. Um, it doesn't take two seconds to check your balls, man. Seriously, please do that. And, you know, for women, I know there's a lot more issues involved in that, and I don't want to speak personally to that. And I'm happy for women to contact me and educate me more about that. But I know that things like smear tests, breast examinations are very important. Once again, please just look after yourselves, you know. It doesn't matter what size you are. We're all different sizes and all whatever, different weights and looks and things like that. We can all look at ourselves. Just look at yourself in the mirror, check yourself out, make sure everything's okay. If something doesn't feel right, if there's a growth, whatever it may be, just get it looked at immediately. doesn't matter about a pandemic. Put a mask on, go and see the doctor. They will fucking look after you. That's what they're there for. Do not, you know, if you, especially in England with a national health service, 
do you know what? They're there for you. Now, I've, I've been recently been in a doctor's. I'm scheduled for surgery soon, which obviously I'm not going to rant about on here. And they were fantastic. They saw me immediately. And it was actually very quiet. And he said to me, I wish more people were coming in to deal with the things that, that are ailing them, that are problems to them. Because COVID-19, whether you believe in it or not, one thing that is pretty much indisputable at this point is that people are using it to control and to fear people and the media is fear-mongering people and they've, they've so many people are scared to leave their house and frankly if there's something wrong with you you are still entitled to see a doctor you are still entitled to a medical professional do not believe just because the media is trying to scare the shit out of you that you are not entitled to go outside yes practice social distancing yes wear a mask but do you know what fuck staying at home my whole lives fuck that shit if you're going to practice you know being safe while you're out you can go to the fucking gym. You can fucking go and see the odd friend and have a drink, providing it's done, you know, correctly and it's not breaking any laws of such. And you know me, I'm anti-authority and I could spend hours going on about this subject because I've got a lot of opinions of my own. But one thing I'm not going to do is hide away from the world just because cunts like Donald Trump and Boris Johnson want to tell me otherwise. Fuck you. You are not taking my life away because of this fucking bullshit pandemic. It's fucking horseshit. You know, I'm not going to just fucking stay in my house for the rest of my life in fear of things. And I'm certainly, if there's something wrong with me health-wise, I'm not going to restrict my ability to be seen solely because the government and the media want to scare the crap out of me. That's not happening. Please look after yourselves. Please get yourself checked. Because pandemic or not, cancer is not going to go away. And the sooner you can catch it, the sooner you can fix yourself. But ultimately, my love, my blessings... You know, Ryan Smile and of course Carsten Beck via Vermissen Dick. Rest in peace to both of you. Uh, that'll be it for the State of Wrestling Address, because frankly, I've had enough of 2020. <laughs> I just, I'm so sick of this. Fuck this year. You have ruined everybody. This is the worst year of humanity. And you just know that the governments and everything are going to fucking use that to their advantage to get what they want. And my God, it could just get worse, couldn't it? We've got a fucking general election in a, uh, in a month, haven't we? Hey, you got Carl Wilkinson. You're closer to America than I am. They're more likely to bomb you before they do us. Who do you want, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? I'll take Joe Biden a fucking heartbeat. Biden oh. and Kamala Harris. Let's go. Uh, like, I don't give a shit about Canadian politics, let alone American, but uh, I'm pretty sure my country's not going to, you know, bomb anybody else or build a wall unless it's to keep the Americans out. South Park did it, and it seemed highly effective. It did, although it did end with a mass raping of your president. So, Prime Minister, but yeah. Prime Minister, oh, I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I, the idea of a Prime Minister over here is a joke, as you might have seen, because he looks like some floppy haired Blade O' cunt. But it's just, yeah, I'm not going to get, uh, we're probably going to get messages that, excuse me, I don't listen to the WrestlePug for politics. I listen to it for wrestling. Keep politics out of it. By the way, anyone who thinks that politics, right, shouldn't be in certain things, fuck you. Without politics, you don't have a world. You do realize that, right? When you say, I'm not interested in politics, oh, okay, so you're not interested in the price of your pint, you're not interested in the price of your food, you're not interested in your taxes or your VAT, you don't pay any of those, do you? Of course you have a fucking interest in politics, because it rules the roost, it runs everybody, and we should all be taking an interest, and as far as the fucking elections go, if you have a fucking vote, then you should be going out there, and you should be fucking used it, because regardless of who wins, you need to have your say. And if you have your say from a conscience standpoint, 
irregardless of the result, you can say, I made my vote. I fucking stuck my flag in the ground and I chose what I wanted from society and from government as a whole and at large. Make your fucking vote count. Seriously. There's two things I want you to take away from this podcast. Please check yourself out. If there's anything that's untoward, see a doctor. And please fucking vote. Okay? That's it. From the State of Wrestling Address. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, at WrestlePlug across all social media. If you want a t-shirt, it's bigcartel.wrestlepluk, uh, uh, wrestlepluk.bigcartel. You'd think I'd know this by now. Wrestlepluk.bigcartel.com and, of course, prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestlepluk. $20 a piece for a tee. Not bad at all. In a lot of cases, that includes posters and packaging. So I can't really say fairer than that. So if you haven't bought a t-shirt yet, I will be staring at you indiscriminately and with, well, discriminately, actually. I'll be staring at you with a bit of rage while you're cleaning your teeth. When you're preparing to go to sleep, you will, you will feel my eyes staring at you. I won't be actually outside because that takes a lot of money. But, you know, I know that a few of you, Carl Wilkinson included, would love to, love to have me outside their window staring at them while they sleep. So... Buy a fucking t-shirt. Help me out. I'm an independent artist, man. I'm sadly redundant, like so many other people out there. You know, it's a tough time for all of us. I'm not saying, you know, if you don't have any money, help me out. But if there is a bit of spare change lying around, buy yourself a tea or hit me up at Aaronix Design and I can sort you out with a beautiful painting or a drawing of your choosing and desire. That'll be it. That'll be it. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for joining me for the State of Wrestling Address. I think you've earned your sleep, mate. What is it? Four in the morning? Yeah, it is 4.04. Error. <laughs> it's just like that fucking computer code. Error 404. Code not found. Brain starting to die. You're fine. You're okay. You'll you'll live. Right. Carl's going to go to bed. Uh, I'm going to probably make breakfast and then go to bed. Never mind if it's five past nine in the morning. No wonder I'm so fucked. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Look after yourselves and we'll catch you very soon for more content. And there will be a lot more from the WrestleFlog.